Welcome to the Public Health Networker, the official podcast of the Public Health Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dr. April Moreno. Join us as we speak to public health professionals around the country and around the world in global, community, and environmental health topics. Join us also as we speak to podcasters in this field of public health. To learn more about us, visit publichealthpodcasters.com. And in the meantime, enjoy the episode. I'm your host, Dr. April Moreno, and today we're speaking with Dr. Irene Denkwa-Mullen. She is a nationally recognized industry physician and scientist, health equity thought leader, scholar, and author with over 20 years of diverse local, regional, national, and global leadership experience in primary care, healthcare systems, businesses, and the community. She is the Chief Health Equity Officer and Deputy Chief Health Officer at IBM Watson Health Cloud and Cognitive Software at IBM Corporation. She's also a member of the IBM Industry Academy, a selected community of preeminent leaders to drive innovation and engage in cutting edge work for the industry. Welcome, Dr. Dunkar Wollen. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me here. I'm delighted. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much. So, um, you know, we've talked a little bit right now about, as we introduced you a little bit about your role at IBM. Um, Could you tell us maybe a little bit more about the work that you do? It sounds really exciting in health health equity. Absolutely. I am happy to do that. And I'm often asked about my role or my journey and from being, you know, a physician, public health professional in, and how I got into the technology industry doing what I do, because I did not start out knowing that I'll end up at this intersection of healthcare, public health, uh, AI, and machine learning technology. So I'm training in internal medicine, and as you know, I got a public health degree as part of the five-year MDMTH program my journey into technology and currently as chief health equity officer I was uh, after spending eight years in public health prevention working in communities helping to strengthen the safety net services for primary care and then another eight years at the NIH where I was at the Institute on Minority Health and Health Disparities working on translational research in population health and health disparities so I joined IBM Watson Health about six years ago as part of a team to promote science, evidence, clinical subject matter, and some, you know expertise in with the AI, machine learning tools, and technologies that we were building. So in my role, I provide leadership for the scientific evidence value of our tools and services and products, as well as that strategic leadership for health equity, right? Making sure that we have inclusive technologies. We have ethical, you know, AI machine learning. We're promoting uh, and working with the healthcare industry because we work across the healthcare ecosystem with stakeholders who are in the different ecosystems leveraging uh, technologies helping them to drive improvements in health, um, not only in cost and quality, but also most important, innovation and, and equitable outcomes. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, we, as such, 
our health, IBM Health, Watson Health Solutions portfolio uh, is diverse. And, it, and in terms of health equity, our efforts include partnering and engaging with communities to build health solutions, equitable technology solutions, technology for social good. So like we work with, I work with large employers who are also purchase of, purchases of healthcare for the employees. We work with health plans um, to help them with their, you know, we have data, we've been a trusted partner for various types of claims data and EHR and built a data architecture with their aggregated data sets. Uh, and so we're able to work with them to conduct a range of research, evaluation studies, um, as well as helping them to monitor their efforts or goals towards health equity. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, sometimes we work with them on dashboards, uh, health equity dashboards to help them really, you know, see, follow or track their progress um, in how they're doing with their housing care interventions. So I would say, you know, um, my role is varied. I think about health equity a lot. I think about how we can help our partners and clients, um, you know, collaboratively address challenging healthcare problems and healthcare issues. But I also spend some of my time on on science, how we can lead with science, how we can promote our technologies with uh, scientific evidence-based studies. Um, and I spend another, you know, quarter of my, of my time on different efforts, uh, helping to serve on committees, collaborative, uh, and also, you know, working on um, promoting AI and algorithmic fairness and enhancing uh, trust where the AI really needed to build and cultivate trust with communities, including the public health. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And I think that's another conversation I would love to have with you in the future about AI and health equity. Um, so that's definitely something um, I'll, I'll reach out again to do. But uh, today we're talking about big data, uh, kind of an introduction to, um, you know, kind of the work that, you know, IBM does and Watson and kind of big data analytics today in this episode. And so what have been some of the most interesting features, in your opinion, of big data analytics that you've seen in public health? That's a great question. Um, when I think about big data and analytics, uh, especially how for the, those that are employed in public health, they range from, you know, big data analytics range from less complex uh, advanced analytics to such as sort of descriptive analytics that do not necessarily involve artificial intelligence to more complex analytic methods that involved artificial intelligence, machine learning, and deep learning methods. And all these analytics so sort of wanted to align. These analytics require huge data sets from either retrospective data cases or prospective cases to achieve 
a higher level of accuracy and, and precision. And so some of the interesting features of uh, big data and how analytics are leveraged, right, include the various types of questions that can be answered with it. Because we know, for example, AI machine learning and, and these computational modeling approaches are an extension of our traditional statistical methods that we learned in school, right? And the statistical modeling approaches currently are able to provide much greater specificity. So for example, we can, um, it can provide like, like not only a change in X is associated with the change in Y, but even the magnitude of that change and the timing of that change. So it allows for a greater understanding of the complex and dynamic systems that influence health and, and health outcomes. Mm -hmm. So for descriptive analytics, for example, it can inform questions around what happened to similar patients, what are the trends. Um, and in similarity analytics, it can inform questions around how it happened to, you know, how, how a certain um, feature or disease progression happened so that you can identify some promising interventions or you can, you can predict earlier. And we also have predictive analytics that informs questions about what will happen, uh, how should it happen. And so it's, those are some of the interesting features. And we know that um, you can improve the accuracy and insights and results of these big data analytics, especially if you have complete data, especially if you have comprehensive data that includes social factors that include patient generated or you know um, generated data that we that we all know influence health and health outcomes outside of clinical care mm -hmm. there are lots of examples that are of some of these interesting big big data analytics that have informed public health right and especially during the height of the epidemic the COVID-19 pandemic, um, how it informed smart targeting of vaccine distribution. It informed various public health measures. Uh, one of, uh, you know, an example that I could share was the, in, in the region, especially at the height of the epidemic, you know, we could create visual analytics platforms with anonymous data from multiple sources, you know, the pandemic cases, the uh, mortality rates, the hospital rates, and we were able to, with, in collaboration with, you know, various groups, public health, we're able to really create data-driven dashboards, right, to help the public understand their risk for COVID. One dashboard that was created, for example, in the province of Houts in the South Africa, could look at, you know, the policy makers used it. You can identify current hotspots of the infection. You could look at predictions for the spread of the virus. Uh, you could use it to look at risk factors that make certain communities more susceptible than others. Um, and, and even going to the extent to look and understand questions such as 
how many active cases are in my neighborhood? When is the predictive peak for, you know, of cases? And it was really informative and it helped public health officials to put in like, you know, a stronger system, surveillance, uh, you know, outreach really to help uh, mitigate what was indeed uh, a pandemic that we had never experienced before. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really interesting in that way, or really informative uh, to help inform policies, to help surface best practices uh, and innovate in, in pandemics, for example. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, so that's very uh, relevant still uh, to this current moment. So there's so much uh, potential and there's so much need out there worldwide right now as it comes to big data um, analytics and predictive measures and um, active um, dashboards for public health sure. during this time. So I have another question about kind of the implications and I'm gonna put this together in terms of public health and health equity. What have been some of the public health and health equity implications of big data analytics and, and the needs. So for example, we have these tools, but how have they been um, serving public health communities? How have they been serving uh, policy and uh, diverse communities? Yeah. That's a great question. Um, there, there's still, you know, there's some progress made, I would say, and I would provide some of the implications, but we still have, a lot to do because I don't think we are leveraging or uh, the, the potential, the full potential of these big data and analytics in public health. And it's perhaps, you know, more needs to be done and maybe more training and awareness, but um, big data analytics, especially for addressing health disparities and promoting health equity, can help improve our understanding of disease prevalence in in communities and counties and states. It can help provide new insights and trends into disease epidemiology. You know, how many, and, and, and more specificity, like I said, right, and the magnitude. It can help researchers sort of also impulsive, you know, Practitioners understand the role of environmental and social determinants on disease onset, its progression, the development. It can also help, you know, be used to help understand patient behaviors uh, and identify, you know, interventions that have been successful in different patient cohorts or public managed population health. Uh, we use it to facilitate especially in clinical trials or pragmatic trials, uh, which may, you know, may be relevant for some public health interventions, prevention studies, uh, and, and improve decision-making as well as guide tailored interventions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's basically the, you know, I think one of the strongest assets, really guided tailored interventions in real time mm-hmm. and practices now the diversity of the spreading populations that, that we see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
I agree with you. There seems to be, well, there definitely is a need for continued um, application of big data analytics, especially during this time with the pandemic, for example, uh, for predictive analytics and also for um, interventions, as you mentioned. So I'm really excited about the potential and the different things that we can do at this time. And um, so the next question I had for you is basically is, what can people, what do they need to know right now as it relates to big data, public health equity, and the future? What, what can people kind of begin to focus on? Uh, what, in your opinion, is important as we look ahead to maybe be more proactive for future pandemics or also for um, health equity uh, conversations and, and interventions? What can we look forward to in terms of big data? Yeah, I think um, the, uh, you know, in, what's important to know is that big data and analytics can certainly generate insights for health disparities research, health equity, public health equity, right? But it also requires an understanding of the interrelated diversity complexity of our data. And the fact that um, we, we are in a data-rich environment, but we're not using the core data that's available to its potential. We have patient-generated data, we have environmental data, mobile health technologies, and the variety can provide us, and leveraging the variety big data can provide us with um, a clearer and more uh, richer understanding uh, of the potential determinants so that we can we can really intervene. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, also knowing about the, the, the data volume increases the likelihood that these data will provide accurate insights. But one of the things that I really talk about it, I think it's important, is data empathy is what I call mm-hmm. it, right? I'm referring to how much empathy, how much patient values and preferences, their reported outcomes, they are integrated into the care. So you can have an AI data, you know, advanced analytics on big data surface insights, but we also need to have the data empathy to go to around the context of the data. What's the experience about the people? And that's a form of bias that we, if we don't acknowledge that data empathy, right, it would also really limit our ability to optimize our decision-making process from, from data. So that, you know, I think knowing that Yes, there's value in the richness, we need variety, but uh, data variety, data velocity, you know, all of it, this, this fifth important part that's uh, empathy and, and being centering the patient or centering populations. I agree. And I heard you, you give this conversation at the AMIA conference last year. Uh, maybe it was this year, I can't even remember. Uh, it's all of uh, Yes, last not too long ago. And um, you talked about data empathy. And I remember that very clearly that it was, you know, it was a great discussion. It was really important, especially as we think about, you know, health disparities 
and diverse communities, uh, that component of data empathy um, is so important. Can you tell us a little bit more about how to apply it for health equity and diverse communities? I think it's important to have an understanding that different populations have different lived experiences. It's important to understand that, uh, appreciate or acknowledge the, the lived experiences of all marginalized communities or communities that have been, have experienced barriers right, to quality health care and our own biases that we may have. And so not totally relying on uh, AI data because we know it's, you know, it's not just the AI decision, but it's that, that it complements, right, our, uh, it's basically to add to our thoughts, uh, but we also need to integrate the patient's values, the patient's preference, and understand both, both um, AI generated data, patient generated data, and the values. So it, in a way, I think, even when we are working with AI and algorithms, um, use the technologies for, for public health, I think it's important not to be, uh, not to generalize, because when you use a population level and there's not a lot of variation, it does not work well at an individual patient level or population, public health, in public health settings. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know, different populations have, have variation as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. so we, we're, we're working to clean our, you know, the science is always progressing, innovation is always advancing, and that's, that's the goal, right, to in order to really advance um, health equity, thinking mm -hmm. about all the aspects. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah, and there are so many, uh, there's so many needs as, as, in terms of health equity and data. And if we're looking at matching patient data and public health with clinical data and, and research, there's going to be definite gaps in population representation because of the fact that clinical data clinical trials often faces um, you know, a lack of diversity, right? They, they have a lot of challenges in bringing in diverse participation in research, clinical trials, things like that. Um, translating that information or combining that information and triangulating that information into public health population level may or may not, you know, it, it looks like a huge challenge right now. And I don't see how that would match, uh, especially with the diversity of our communities making it the more important to also train the pipeline and ensure that there is um, minority researchers, diverse perspective, having access to big data science mm -hmm. and training is really critical. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Thank you. And so I guess, you know, I, one last question I had for you today was about your role in health equity. Um, what makes this a, a role that has been um, of interest to you? Uh, why are you passionate about this topic of big data and health equity? Well, I think it's the right thing to do. 
Um, I always say I'm passionate about it, but then I turn around and say, it's not only a passion. This is this is the way it should be. Um, you know, we health disparities is because of you know it stems from systemic inequalities and um, inequities, and so my passion is to see sort of a health care transformation where every person, every individual has the potential to achieve their maximum health uh, and given those resources and opportunities and the power and agency to, to achieve that full health potential. Because I've seen, you know, in my family and friends and communities, uh, that sort of burden and suffering and, and uh, how the impact of disparities. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that it's, we need to correct those. I think there is, you know, I'm optimistic, you know, there's so much awareness around inequities and, and, and I think the, there's a lot of goodness, right? People are wanting to see a fairer and just society. And so my, my passion is around because it's a moral imperative, because it's ethically what we need to do. And there is a lot of community and stakeholders that are helping to drive this forward. Thank you. Yes, um, we're here. Um, we're all going to continue to do our part um, towards health Absolutely. equity. Thank yes. you. So how can we connect with you? How can we learn more about IBM and health equity um, at the company? Yes, I will say um, to connect with me, you could um, reach our Twitter. I, I'm at Danko Irene, the Twitter account or LinkedIn. Um, the, there's a lot of in, some information also on IBM Watson Health uh, website. Uh, so, and also uh, Twitter at Watson Health will have some information. Certainly, um, if you go to my LinkedIn website, um, there is a lot of information. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Duncan Williams.